are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a big week for Pelicans fans. we got the NBA Draft Lottery coming up tomorrow night. We are obviously going to talk about that. We'll d- dive into the odds in tomorrow's show. But today we're focusing exclusively on one player as we start to wrap up the season in review series here um, with every Pelicans player. It's the Lonzo Ball episode. Maybe the biggest boomer bust guy on the team, a guy that is going to be a free agent and the Pelicans have to make a decision about, a guy that shows immense potential but also shows his limitations. So let's review his season, look at what he did well, where he struggles, and then what that is going to mean going forward for him as he is a restricted free agent and the Pelicans are going to need to make a decision on him. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. This episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me this week, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And look, it's a big week. We've got the lottery coming up. We're going to know where the Pelicans are going to land in the draft. And then that's going to influence what they do with the entire offseason. Are they going to trade that pick? Are they going to keep it? What players could they be looking at around that area? Historically, what kind of player do you get? We're going to be breaking it all down here so you don't want to miss any episodes this week. So subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so season in review on Lonzo Ball, and this is a player that is so interesting to look at that we're going to do it over the course of this episode. Normally, I just do these over one segment. You know, we, we can talk about what James Johnson did in about seven minutes for the Pelicans this season and what his future might look like for the team. For a guy like Brandon Ingram, who's such a key guy, we can do it over two. Lonzo Ball needs three. Partially because he is going to be a restricted free agent this coming off season, meaning the Pelicans are in pole position to re-sign him should they want to. This is a guy that they can match any offer for and even make their own offer to him. And it's going to be interesting what the Pelicans try and do and how they feel. And I'm going to be curious how you all feel. And I'll probably put a poll up on Twitter at some point today at Nola Jake. If you want to chime in on what the Pelicans should do, resign him, let him walk, maybe try and train it, trade him and get some asset in return for him. Basically, do you want him back or not? So on the surface, his numbers look really good. Lonzo Ball in his fourth year in the league put up a career high basically across the board in most categories. He averaged 14.6 points per game. That's the most of his career. He shot the best from three-point range in his career, 37.8%, and he did that on high volume, 8.3 attempts per game. Both those numbers are really, really good. That is an elite kind of shooter, a guy that takes a lot of threes and makes a lot of threes, at least on averages, and you hear me kind of qualifying everything, right, because we're going to get into that, but it's a guy that teams need to respect. There were a couple of games this year where he hit over seven threes. That's an incredible number. And we'll even look at some of the biggest games that he had and in big moments when he did that as well. Um, But the fact that he could make that, he had two games of seven and two games of eight. 
Those are all massive performances that help space the court for Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, or uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, sorry, to a certain degree. So those numbers look good. Rebounding was a little bit down this year, but the Pelicans were playing a bit of a different style. 4.8 rebounds per game this season. That's compared to his career average of 5.8. His assists were down a little bit too. Last year for the Pelicans, he averaged seven assists. This year, he averaged 5.7 per game. But you saw more of point Zion. And that was an emergence this year. So Lonzo was not needing to be that kind of pure point guard and, you know, be the guy handling the rock all of the time as he was last year. So his numbers in terms of assists should go down. Average 1.5 steals per game, turn the ball over less than he did a year ago by about one turnover less per game, 2.2 versus 3.1 a year ago. And he shot from the field overall best of his career, 41.4%. And do you know what? He did an incredible job shooting from the charity stripe. He shot uh, his free throws at 78.1% uh, this past season. That's better than his career average of 56%. That's a really, really big improvement for him. So basically what you get, and he played above average defense. We don't need to dive in too much in there. Um, he was above average. He's not an elite defender. I wouldn't necessarily call him a good defender, but he's an opportunistic defender who can have very good games and is above average overall. And when you saw the Pelicans defense this year, an above average guy, you know, looks pretty good. So he's a guy that shoots the ball well and moves the rock. That's what these numbers kind of tell us, but it's a little bit more complex I think than that because his limitations that we've seen are very real there's elements of his game that are just lacking that the Pelicans need and on top of that he's a bit of a boom or bust kind of guy there is very little consistency to his game and I think that is a big problem so yes he can hit eight threes in a game seven threes in a game and he can do that against really really good teams he can do that against Milwaukee where he hit seven. He can do that in a must-win game, probably his best game of the season back on May 4th against the Golden State Warriors, where he hit seven threes. All of those things are massively important that he needs to be able to do. But he also had a ton of games where he hit just one three or just two threes. And that, you, you need him to do a little bit more than that. So while, yes, he can give you an 8-for-15 game or a 7-for-13 game, he's just as capable of having a 2-for-11 game or a 1-for-7 game. And so, yes, the numbers average out to looking really good in terms of his three-point shooting percentage, but on a game-to-game basis, you do not know what you're going to get from him. If he's feeling it, that's great. If he isn't, it's a bit of a problem because... If his spot-up shot isn't there, he's not adding a ton more for you offensively. And that's what I want to get into coming up next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get into all of the stats when it comes to Lonzo Ball, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Indeed.com. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who makes your life easier. You need Indeed. You need Indeed.com. You don't want to have a job that's open and not filled. It means work's not getting done. You don't want to be stuck interviewing people for a long time. You want to just get the right hire in the door working as quickly as possible. And Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post screen and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. 
easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match. They give you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fill, fit your job description immediately. And Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests that add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you're looking to get in shape for the summer, whether you want to trim down a little bit or bulk up and put on some muscle, Built Bars just make it a more overall enjoyable experience because they are the best tasting protein bar out there. They have nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel, plus the occasional limited time flavor. They have churro flavored bars. They have some that tasted like thin mints. I love the mint brownie because it tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream. The peanut butter brownie is also great. The salted caramel is literally like a candy bar. You're not even going to realize you're eating something that's healthy for you because yeah, they're not only the best tasting protein bars, they are healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, plus just four grams of sugar and only four grams net carbs. So you're not wasting all the cardio that you did. Go look at some of these other bars that you might be eating, right? 300 plus calories, all this other stuff. You don't need any of that in there, and they're not going to taste as good as Built Bars. So if you're trying to bulk up for the summer, trim down a little bit. Built Bars are a great tool to have in your bag. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So before we dive into a lot more of the context and specifics behind just the Lonzo Ball per game averages today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Um, I think the Phoenix Suns fans are enjoying the playoffs right now as they just closed out Denver, sweeping them in four games behind Chris Paul, huge in a closeout game. Makes you wonder just a little bit what Chris Paul would have looked like like on this Pelicans team um, if we had had him this year, but he's done a phenomenal job with the Phoenix Suns. They're my, I, they have to be one of the most fun teams I think I've seen in a while. And I really just enjoy watching them play and they are so much fun, um, but makes you wonder, makes you just a little bit jealous of what he could have done here in New Orleans. So back to Lonzo Ball, the season in review on him, as I've said, the per game numbers look good. His per-game numbers look good. Career highs across the board, 14.6 points per game. Shot basically 38% from the field on 8.3 attempts per game. He also chipped in 5.7 assists. But are those numbers... That good or is there more context behind him? And I want to share some of the numbers that we have here. So this is where, you know, you can overpay a guy based on his per-game averages if you don't want to dive deeper. And the Pelicans certainly are going to be diving deeper on him. And I'm telling you that the numbers I'm about to share with you are the numbers that the front office is looking at when they go, okay, we know what we will give Lonzo Ball on the high end. This is the max we're willing to offer him. So you can think he's an elite shooter, right? But here's the thing, and you've seen this in the playoffs, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more as the offseason gets further underway and probably the week after this um, when we don't have the draft lottery there. You know, guys need to be able to score in the playoffs. You're seeing some elite shot making in the playoff rounds that we're looking at right now. The Utah Jazz, the Los Angeles Clippers, both just draining threes and off the dribble threes. 
You know, you need that spot up shooting. Yes, the Jazz are really good at creating those kind of looks, but you need to have that off the dribble stuff. So what? how does it break down for Lonzo Ball? The catch and shoot numbers are really good. In catch and shoot situations last season in 55 games, he shot 40.2%. He did that on about six attempts per game. That's great. That's a good number. No, no complaints there. But again, these are averages, right? And we've seen he's a bit boom or bust. There's very many games when he is just one of five in catch and shoot situations. And it's tough to you know what your team is going to look like and how you need to come up with your game plans when it's again, kind of boom or bust. So what about him though in pull-up situations? And again, you're seeing elite shot making in the playoffs and these are basically unguardable shots. Guy dribbles, 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 comes around a screen and just rips a three and makes it. Those are really tough to defend. Lonzo Ball, is he good at that? And the answer is no. Again, in 55 games, his ca- his pull-up shooting numbers from three, 31.3% on 2.4 attempts per game. That's not really going to scare defenses. When he's got the ball in his hand and is trying to orchestrate the offense to a certain degree, teams aren't going to really come out on him. They're only going to try and defend him in catch-and-shoot situations, so he doesn't have really that dynamic ability to bend a defense with his three-point shooting. I think they'll live with him taking threes versus a guy like Zion Williamson scoring down low. If he had an off-the-dribble three, an entirely different story. He's a scoring threat with the ball in his hands. Right now, he's a scoring threat without the ball in his hands because he's going to be that guy spotting up, waiting for the outlet pass, for the kickout pass. That's where he's good at scoring, and that's really it. And this number lends itself to the drives. We've talked about this now for almost three seasons, really, when it comes to him. Lonzo Ball, per game this season, drives five. LaMelo Ball, his brother, right? 12.6 drives per game. In fewer minutes, Lonzo Ball, on those drives, has a field goal percentage of under 40, of 38%. That is not a good number whatsoever. He is a one-dimensional scorer. It's with spot-up three-point shots. That's it. And if he doesn't have those, and those don't bend to defense, it's not a great look for him. Again, he doesn't drive, he doesn't attack, and this bears it out when we look at it in terms of taking shots um, in the restricted area. He basically doesn't do it. You know, he doesn't get down low and try and score. He took just 15% of his shots within three feet of the basket. That was a massive career low. Again, some of that's with spacing issues with guys like Steven Adams and some of the stuff we've talked about with Brandon Ingram applies to Lonzo Ball, but that's still not good. It's boomer bust when it comes to his three-point shot. That's really it. You need to have more than that to your game if you want to be considered a real big scoring threat. And when you look at the playoffs right now, would Lonzo Ball really be that playable? And I don't think the answer is yes. And that's a bit of a problem. In the pick and roll, right? Maybe he orchestrates things well there. No. As a pick and roll ball handler, he's in the 70th percentile, 69.4th percentile. That's not good. You know, it's not as bad as it could be. But it's also on very few possessions per game, just 3.6. He's not a threat to score from there. He doesn't like to get downhill and try and get to the rim and score at the hoop. It's three-point shot or nothing and just a spot-up three-point shot or nothing because his pull-up numbers aren't good. There's nothing that bends a defense or scares a defense in terms of his offensive game. And I don't know if you can pay a guy who's purely just a spot-up shooter like that a ton of money. You know, his transition numbers aren't even good this season. He ranks in terms of transition scoring 25 in the 25th, 26th percentile. It's, it's not great. His field goal percentage is just five, uh, 500 there. 
then this team isn't running. That's where he was supposed to be good, and he's not doing that. Yes, he's got a connection with uh, with Zion Williamson, without a doubt. You see the, the three-quarter length of the court passes to Zion. He can find him, and he does do a good job of overall keeping the ball moving. But there isn't much that scares a defense there. And yes, it's nice that he has chemistry with Zion Williamson. Anyone can find Zion Williamson for the most part, you know, on a, on a lob or something like that. I don't know if what he's doing is all that special. And so when you really start to get a look at his scoring, where those points per game are coming from, even though they're career highs, they're not anything that's really scary. And I think defenses know that and it makes it kind of tough, you know. So while the, on the surface, the numbers look great. When, when you dive a little bit deeper and look at some of the statistics behind the specific situations. And again, these are what the Pelicans front office are going to be looking at when they have to make a decision on Lonzo Ball. It's a little bit rougher. You know, the assists are there. He keeps the ball moving. He, you know, he, he could be elite in there. And we've seen him have, you know, eight, nine, ten assists and all of that. Had a couple of triple doubles last year. He's a good rebounder for his position. But is that worth paying a ton of money for? Let's get into that coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The playoffs, we are deep and underway in all of these right now into the Western Conference Finals as the Phoenix Suns just swept the Denver Nuggets. And if you're feeling good about Phoenix, and I'm feeling kind of good about Phoenix, you might want to get in on the action. And you can do that over at BetOnline.ag because they have odds for literally everything. You want to bet on Chris Paul's assists per game. You want to just bet them on the series right away. You can do all of that and more over at betonline.ag plus you can get all the latest news and odds and any info you need for any sport pretty much including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc mma action if you want to get in on the action when it comes to the fights that are happening all of the time right now so don't sit on the sidelines anymore make these games a little bit more interesting and put that sports knowledge you have to work so head to the website using your mobile mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on over at betonline.ag AG. Again, that is promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. They're giving you free money just for signing up. When you use promo code locked on over at betonline.ag, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, continuing the season in review, this whole episode dedicated to Lonzo Ball. And the last segment was not particularly flattering for him. It showed the why I don't look at his season averages and think they're all that great. And when you kind of pull back the curtain, look a little bit deeper at the specifics of how he scored you see some very real limitations offensively to his game. Again, above average defender, not a good defender, not an elite defender or anything like that. Above average, you know what? That's fine. But nothing really more than a spot-up shooter when it comes from his three-point shot. It's a bit of a concern. So when I do this, and we've done it for every player, we're just kind of doing buy, sell, hold on all of these guys. You're probably expecting me to say sell when it comes to Lonzo Ball. And while I'm leaning that way, I'm actually not. I'm going to say hold. On him, And I actually think there's a good chance, despite all of that, the, the Pelicans bring him back. And frankly, I do think they should bring him back. But when it comes to restricted free agency, that's all going to come down to really one thing. What's his average contract going to be? How many years and how much money is he going to get? And I think there's a number that the Pelicans would feel comfortable with. And there's a number that I'm comfortable with them doing and re-signing him for. I think he ends up getting a four-year deal. So given all of that, what should that number be? Is there a team out there that could throw a lot of 
money at him or something like that. And I think, yes, there is. It could be the New York Knicks who just got bounced out of the playoffs, not looking too great there. Maybe you want to add someone with a little bit of star power and what looks like on the surface, a really good three-point shot to pair alongside Julius Randle. And they really, really need a guard. If you saw Alfred Payton in that series, another team could be the Chicago Bulls who have been rumored to have a lot of interest in him as well. Would they be willing to throw a four-year big, big money deal at him. And I think there's potential for that because they seem to want to go all in right now. They made big moves at the trade deadline. Maybe they want to kind of continue that and spend, spend, spend. And you could do that with Lonzo Ball, who in a pretty weak free agent class, yeah, maybe he becomes kind of the star of that. So I think there are potentially some big money offers out there. And look, that's what I think Lonzo Ball wants. I think he wants a big, big payday. And I think he's going to go kind of wherever the money is for the most part. And we think it's going to be teams like that. Don't forget, he's a rich Paul of clutch as his agent, who's known for trying to extract the most money from these teams to all of these guys. So there you go. There's big money potentially out there for him. If he gets a max, you let him walk. It's it's really that simple. You you just let him walk if he gets a max deal. And his max is like 27 million and some change average per season. You, you, you don't do that. Not for a guy that's a pure spot-up three-point shooter, in my opinion. That at least keeps... He's not pure uh, spot-up three-point shooter, but then moves the ball a little bit better. It's not really what you want to commit a ton, a ton of money to. But I do think there's a number where it feels pretty good. And I think they should bring him back. And I think that's maybe right around $22 million per season. Something in that range, I think. 21, 22 would be okay. 21 would be great. That would be four years, $84 million. Four years, 88, I think you could sell me on, especially if some of those are incentives-based, would be fine. And the reason I'm okay with that, one is you just do need to keep talent here in New Orleans. He has developed also very good chemistry and a good friendship with Zion Williamson. And I think just letting him walk, what message does that send to Zion? And their numbers on court together look good. Also, Zion makes most other players look better. So I'm a little bit wary when it comes to that. At 21, 22 million per year, I also think you can trade him later. I don't think that becomes an untradeable contract. And if it's something you need to attach a little bit of something to, you can do that. You've got enough picks. You've got 11 over the next seven drafts where you can include one of those Lakers or Bucks picks to move him if you really, really need to. But he's young enough. His three-point percentage at least looks good that I think you can convince other teams to take on that deal that are looking to add a little bit of star power, a named player to their roster. So I think he is a tradable guy. And if you do end up swinging a trade for a superstar, having him close to $20 million a year maybe helps you with some of that. And maybe it's a player that that other team is interested in trading their better player for. So all of that means I do think you look to bring him back if the price is right. It's not just let him walk. I do think he could still leave through a side-in-trade scenario where if maybe the Bulls dangle Larry Markkinen on a pretty cheap contract, that's kind of the big thing when it comes to that. Yeah, you do that because you're not completely sold on him. You get the money off your books. You get someone cheaper who can still add a little bit of what you need. And I think there's potential for something like that, though those are so hard to figure out. It's not really worth getting into the weeds when it comes to a situation like that. And those teams also might be able to just sign him outright when it comes to the cap space. The Bulls and the Knicks both can probably clear enough or at least have enough already to try and sign him outright so that's a bit of a problem i think for for the pelicans in terms of a sign and trade scenario but i think at 21 22 they feel okay mainly because you know you can trade that later down the line 
It still keeps a three-point shooter on your team if you're not able to go get an elite one or multiple elite ones. You may as well keep the one you have, and you can always move him later. And it probably does has the added benefit of keeping Zion Williamson a little bit happy. So I think there's a very good chance, probably 50-50, that he ends up coming back next season on a deal like that. There isn't a ton of money out there, and maybe some other teams kind of look at Lonzo Ball, and maybe they're listening to Locked On Pelicans today, and they kind of realize the type of player he is and the limitations that he has in his game. So there you go. That's what I think is going to end up happening. I'm not ready to sell him either. I do think it can be a very good situation to bring him back in the three-point shooting, even in spot-up scenarios, is good. I'm not going to like it at that contract, but it's always movable later, and I think that's the biggest thing. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, but don't forget, listen to the Locked On Today podcast. Can the Clippers follow in the Bucks' footsteps as they even that series 2-2? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, Locked On Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from, on the Odyssey app, on Spotify, which is literally everywhere. Just search Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. We're going to do some lottery preview and Zion Williamson season in review.